Hello and welcome to Dateline New Haven on WNHH, New Haven's home for community radio. I'm Paul Bass, inviting you to look behind the headlines on the stories that make New Haven tick. Well, here's a headline for you. BioLaunch creates a new pipeline to the jobs of the future for the people of the present in New Haven. A lot of words there. BioLaunch is a new project of uh, one of the most important groups right now in New Haven, making opportunities for people in our community. CONCAT, Connecticut, um, always get the, the Connecticut Center for Arts and Technology. It's been around for 10 years, spun off another group, CONCORE related. And we're going to hear all about how this new program is starting with $2.5 million of state money, working with biopharma um, companies in New Haven that have been sprouting up like trees in these towers that are coming up near the old highway. And making sure that this program is going to take young people ages 18 to 26 with GEDs to be in a paid training program so they can run lab lab operations for some of the bio labs in our city. Say good morning to Eric Clemens, who runs CONCAT and started CONCAT 10 years ago, if I have that right. And Orlando Yarborough, who is now beginning a job as the director, right? Are you officially on the clock yet? I am. All right. So, okay. Well, it's great to meet, see you both, gentlemen, and I know Eric, and it's great to meet you, Orlando, and thanks for coming on the show today. So I want to start with the backstory. I gave a one sentence about what BioLabs is. We're going to get, BioLaunch, excuse me. We're going to give you a lot more than one sentence about what it is and how it's going to run. I was wondering, Eric, if you could tell me the backstory of how this came about. Well, thanks, uh, Paul, first for having us on. I, I really appreciate it, and always appreciate being in a space with you. Same here. That's always a feeling too. I, I think it's really important to talk about the backstory uh, because it gives even better context of the why of uh, BioLaunch. And w- what happened was maybe three to four years ago, I had the great opportunity to meet a really prolific and profound human being named uh, Craig Cruz. Craig Cruz. Craig Cruz. And Craig Cruz is um, in part a Yale professor. He is an entrepreneur and really like a community advocate. And when meeting um, Craig, I actually met him through Will Ginsburg from the Community Foundation for Greater New Haven. Um, Craig immediately talked about the need to try and strike a blow for fairness and justice as it relates to the bioscience, biopharma universe that is now um, uh, proliferating around Right, we have a lot of companies like Craig's where professors did research, and for the last 30 years New Haven, we've been encouraging them to start companies here. Absolutely. But we want to make sure some of these jobs go to New Haven. Absolutely. And, and so Craig, uh, being the, the founder of Arvenus, as well as another um, company, Saduma, and another company, I can't remember the name, Craig had this real um, urge and passion for trying to deepen and widen especially the black middle class in New Haven through the advent of bioscience, biopharma. And so he and I continue to talk for the next three years about ways in which we can collaborate to try and do something to create justice for folks who have been left out of this bulging, um, this really blooming economy in bioscience, biopharma. And so um, here we are, Craig, after iterations of conversations and thoughts and ideas, um, here we are with this idea an endeavor called BioLaunch. And so now we are sitting in the manifestation of the ideas and conversations that Craig had and, and, and I had with him. And what's his role? So the state gave you $2.5 million to do this pro- program that Orlando's going to run where we bring these young people in to learn how to get the training. What, what What's Craig Cruz's role? 
the, so Craig Cruz was really spearheaded the idea. He he was a huge convener of uh, not only myself but also Garrett Sheehan from the Greater New Haven Chamber of Commerce, who also convened folks also at Yale University. Um, at the time, quite frankly, it's important for me to note that I was not the CEO of CONCAT at the time of CEO of CONCORP. Um, I am now interim CEO of CONCAT and also CEO of CONCORP. But Craig was the convener. Um, Garrett Sheehan has to get a lot of credit for this. He was a convener from the from the chamber and and wrote a grant to the state um, in this uh, program in the Office of Workforce Strategy called Career Connect. And it was a $2.5 million ask from the state. And now these are ARPA funds. These are federal dollars coming to the state of Connecticut. Pandemic relief. Exactly. Um, and won the grant, $2.5 million for this idea and endeavor called BioLaunch. And what kind of jobs are we going to be training people for in these new uh, labs that are starting up in New Haven? Great question. And I will throw that question to the inaugural director of BioLaunch, Dr. Yarborough. Orlando Yarborough III. Yeah, thank you, Eric, and thank you, Paul. Uh, the jobs are in laboratory operations, um, and these are uh, entry-level positions that do not require a college degree, do not require uh, expensive, upfront, out-of-pocket training, um, but that these graduates of BioLaunch will be able to jump right into the labs and help the labs function at a high level. So give me an example, like if they're doing experiments, is it cancer research or Venus? It could be cancer research. It could be a number of uh, research on diseases and disease mm-hmm. prevention. Um, and uh, so some of the research will... Some you, were, of, you were just giving it close to the mic when you're talking. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so for laboratory operations, everything from uh, the, the dozens and dozens or hundreds of chemicals that come in um, and being able to create strict inventory of what we have so that the scientists know what they have available to apply to living cells to see whether we can kill the cancer in the cells or not. So managing that inventory, uh, doing the cell culture. So uh, helping with the experiments where you take a control case, a healthy case, um, a, a disease case, and you're applying different treatments to try to see which cells survive, which cells don't survive. So the BioLaunch graduates will be able to help ensure that those operations happen. Everything from environmental health and safety, uh, being able to manage the glassware, the order system of labs. So because I, I think of people I know who've worked in labs, it seems like it does run the gamut, as you said. To some extent, you make sure lab runs. So you make sure you order the supplies you need, People coming in, they have the uh, protective gear ready, you have the instruments you're going to be using, you have stuff recorded. But also it sounds like listening to you that they'll also be helping to physically conduct some of these experiments too. They can help physically conduct experiments. They can be involved with the note-taking, being able to record what is working, what's not working, what the parameters of the conditions are. Because anything that's done in the research lab, in order for it to um, go on to become, let's say, a, a drug, that people are able to take and it can lead to cures, everything needs to be able to be reproduced and replicated, not just in the lab where we are, but also in other labs across the country and across the world. So being able to have the laboratory operations and being able to have strict note-taking of the parameters and everything that is happening uh, will be key in the success of that lab, but also in the success of kind of the healthcare industry where we're trying to 
um, really multiply and advance where the jobs science, are. It's kind of interesting because Concat was started and is still based in Science Park, which used to be the Winchester Rifle Factory. So if you didn't have a high school degree, but you wanted a good job, or you did something interesting and you made a good living, you used to go make the rifles. Now in New Haven, it seems like you're trying to get people who didn't go to college, who want to get good jobs, who live here. Instead, you get to kind of help cure cancer and other diseases. It's kind of interesting there. It's kind of interesting. And um, so we're talking to Orlando Yarborough, who's the new director of BioLaunch, run by CONCAT, with the help of a $2.5 million in five-year right, state grant. We're going to train people with GEDs to get these jobs in these labs here on Dateline New Haven. So, um, so tell me about how you came to get this job, Orlando. You have an interesting background. You're the minister of Black Church at Yale. You have a genetics PhD from Yale. You were among, I read, 150 people went to Guatemala and trained uh, thousands of leaders to train other leaders um, in, the, in that community. Tell me about how that path led you to, to this job. Good question. Um, I'm not completely sure, but, but what I do know is uh, in December, between December and January, the couple of weeks across in the new year, um, Craig Cruz reached out to me for a conversation to tell me about BioLaunch and to talk about uh, how to identify staff members who can help train and lead the organization. Uh, and this was in 2002, crossing over, uh, 2022, crossing over 2023. The last time I spoke with Craig was around 2003 and 2004 when I came to Yale University as a graduate student. And Craig Cruz was one of my professors. Really? Yes. Oh, that's interesting. And uh, so I was very uh, surprised and pleased to hear from Craig. And I had fond memories of working with him and, and being his student uh, in the introductory uh, classes of my program. What intrigued me about this opportunity is that for all of my time in New Haven, I've been trying to uh, be embedded in a community and helping people to um, succeed along with me. And my New Haven family helped me to succeed along with them. Mm -hmm. And so BioLaunch was just another opportunity for me to become more embedded in helping people succeed and thrive and to help create a growth environment where it happens. Uh, so what intrigued me about this opportunity was that it allowed me to take a somewhat dormant aspect of my professional training, sciences, and wake it up and put it to very good use where it doesn't lift me on a higher ladder, but it allows me to create ladders that other people can climb. That's kind of interesting to me because I was bringing that up about that disparate influences you bring to this. So genetics, how interested in you in science and why did you veer off going to Guatemala and in the black church and... You're on the board of Ed. How, how did, now, it sounds, is it accurate they're saying sort of those interests are coming back together? What was your interest in science and what was the other interest you were pursuing? In science, I was interested and still am interested, the intersection between human health and disease and specifically how my biology connects with my environment to contribute to human health and disease and where personal choice comes in. Um, in undergrad, I did uh, research. It was... Uh, uh, literature research on prostate cancer in black men. And I saw that when you controlled for uh, socioeconomic differences, when you controlled for other differences, there was still a disparity between black men getting prostate cancer and white men and other men not getting prostate cancer. There was a different rate. And so I wanted to know, is it based on personal choice? Is it based on the behaviors? Or is there something biological that's connected with that? 
So that led me into genetics, to research the genetics of human diseases, and specifically I researched high blood pressure and how it's passed down within the family. And we saw that there is a genetic component to blood pressure. And we also saw that there is a lifestyle component to blood pressure as it relates to uh, the movement of salt in and out of the body. Mm. Uh, and so my whole idea was to figure out where is personal choice in helping people to live and thrive and succeed. That's why I went into the genetics research. Guatemala was around leadership as personal choice, being able to work with the Guatemalan leaders when they said we want to get rid of the economic gap, the health gap, and the leadership gap in our country. And so I just went there to uh, help train and support their leaders. In how, doing how'd, you that. Get, how'd you get linked up to that? The John Maxwell team and the Maxwell Leadership Company. Um, I, ironically, you know, Yale teaches a lot of things, uh, but one thing it didn't necessarily teach me that I needed to know was people skills and the role of leadership in advancing positive change. John Maxwell teaches on change, and I went through his organization just to understand the uh, significance of influence in helping to create positive change. So it's beyond intelligence, it's beyond technical skills, but people skills to actually lead to change. Uh, and the first opportunity that John brought to us was an opportunity to go and uh, participate in the first ever national transformation effort by a country. And so I was a part of this first group, I think one of 19 of us or so who, who went, um, and we trained more than 19,000. Uh, it was more than 19. Was, but we went and trained uh, more than 19,000 Guatemalan leaders. I think I was the youngest one on the trip. And the requirement was once we left, they needed to keep training each other. And we didn't train them on technical skills. We spoke about what are your country's values and how can we replicate these values and live them out all across education, across law enforcement, across government, across politics, uh, the economic sector, the, uh, and the business sector, entertainment and education. And that's what we did there. And when I came back, it just let me know that the skills that I had in science were transferable skills and that who I was as a person was not just valuable in a small niche of biomedical research, but that I could reach out and be involved where I live even if it's mm. outside of lab. And then Eric was talking about this program you're doing now, BioLaunch. And it was interesting, Eric, when you started talking about it before you went into the facts about create a program to get people jobs in the lambs, you talk about social justice. You use that term and you saw that this program that you and Craig Cruz were talking about had to do with how do we bring social justice in the farm jobs? Because for the companies participating, they have a problem in getting qualified people. They don't have enough people, right? They have that. So these jobs exist. And so how do you see as someone who's also a minister and someone who you just described a path of public health research, I would call it, you know, connecting scientific research and how people make choices, how they live. How does that fit into now steering people who have GEDs, if, if that's correct, but not college degrees into these really interesting, solid jobs of the future? It's about providing an avenue and a platform for our New Haven residents to do well in biotech companies. Um, my first professional research experience was in a biotech company in Maryland. And I was in 12th grade in high school. It never occurred to me and it was never presented to me that I could actually stay there and, and do research. 
but I went on to college, went on to graduate school, went on to do a postdoc. Um, so, so 15 or so years later, you know, I, I'm doing research, but it doesn't require all of that. And the biotech companies actually don't require that, but they don't have a good system of finding New Haven residents that are highly qualified to do right. the work. So BioLaunch is a solution for both parties. One, for New Haven uh, biotech companies to find the talent that they really do need and they really do want and diverse talent at that. And then for the New Haven residents to find clear instruction and a clear pathway forward to do research that might have otherwise been one-off. Um, but now we're creating a system so it's not just... Uh, uh, by chance, someone ends up in a biotech company. We actually have a system and a pipeline to make it happen. The pipeline. And yeah, it was interesting to me when, Eric, you talked about the backstory, how it started with conversations to you and Craig Cruz, who's the professor and the entrepreneur, and included the head of the Chamber of Commerce. And it's just to me that comes through CONCAT. So when CONCAT started, I remember going to your first events, you were two things, if I remember correctly. You had a phlebotomy class. There were all these jobs they couldn't fill for good jobs at the hospital for people to draw blood. You need to learn the skill. You didn't have to go to college for four years. You did a great job at that, and it's still going. I know people have been through that. And you had the arts program for the, high, for the public school kids coming after school. This thing has grown. And the fact that you were in that conversation, it seems to me that when we CONCAT has become, and through the affiliated CONCORE, that when people are saying, whom do we trust to send the money we have now targeted to address these challenges of opportunity in the black community to a large extent, we're going to trust you. Tell me about playing that role. No, I appreciate you saying that. That's high. Uh, well, but we noticed by the facts. Yes, thank right? you. Where's the money going? Who do people trust? Whether it's going to be to build a new economic development on Dixwell Avenue to train our future employees. Yeah, I, I think, you know, one, it's, it's a high compliment. I appreciate it, Paul. I, I think it's important to note that, um, what there are a couple of things that make Concat incredibly special in Concord is as well. One is especially that we we hold true to our promise to the people that we will do our best to create opportunity and access for folks who encounter Concat and Concord, especially those who have been marginalized historically. Um, secondly whatever funds that is given to us philanthropically or what have you, we do exactly what we say we're going to do with that, those funds. And, and I think that in, in and of itself breeds a, a, a deep level of, of confidence and trust, not only trust from the community, but trust from those who are not in the community, but want to be a part of our work. And the people of the money who do say we want to just this problem, we don't know how to do it. If you're sitting there in a suburb or at a foundation, you really care, but you don't know the people who carry it out. And you guys, now you started with Carlton Highsmith. I did. Who was a very successful entrepreneur. You were successful in programs you have run. And the team you put together is pretty amazing. Yeah. It's sort of like the all-stars, right? You got Paul McCraven, you got Gideon, you got Raven Blake. I mean, these are the people who have been so successful in business and community work. So it's kind of important to have that kind of trusted team. Oh, absolutely. I, I think, you know, you, you can't, you can't buy talent. Right. And, and now Dr. Yarborough is incredible. As you can see, it's incredibly talented. I think a profound example of head and heart. Um, mm. And then you have people like Opal Harmon and Steve Driffin and, and, and Carrie Grayhart, Elizabeth Cropper, who are at CONCAD and Jen, Jenna Martin um, and, and a host of others. And, and now Anna Blanding, who was our chief investment officer at Concorp. 
um, and, and the folks that you listed. And um, Do you ever feel pressure that like when the, <laughs> the governor is coming, right? And he's saying, well, I really trust these guys, right? I don't know what the hell who's who in, you know, this neighborhood. And he comes and he's not giving the money, also not just the money, the event. He's coming. You got a separate place now in Hamden for economic opportunity. You got Craig Cruz. You got um, basically, you know, whether it's starting stores in Dixwell or, or building new housing. People are trusting you. Do you feel a lot on your shoulders? Like, cause it basically say you're kind of the representative of the community here. We're trusting you. I, you know, I, I don't, I don't feel pressure because I, I believe, and I think, uh, Orlando was alluding to, like, I, I feel called to do this work and I, and I, I know I'm called because the, the work chose me. And so it's, it's not pressure. It's nothing more than, than, than I can't handle that I put on myself. Um, and I'm a big believer. All right. And so there's nothing I can, I know that God has given me that I can't handle. That's number one. Number two, I, I do feel um, a sense of responsibility to get things done the right way and the way we said we would. And quite frankly, the track record we have creates a lot of responsibility as well. So it's not pressure, but, but deep responsibility to the mission, advancing the mission and to um, really creating opportunity and access for folks who had who normally otherwise would not have that. And that's why it's really interesting that you bring up talking to Craig Cruz because had, had Will Ginsburg not introduced us, we probably would have never met, you know, and it's really interesting, even more interesting because Craig in our Venus was right across the parking lot in another building in science park from Concat. And we had never met. Hmm. And so you when bump at each other, fussy coffee, no, we didn't. <laughs> You know, we, you know, we have Orchid Cafe, so I, you know, I I don't frequent frosted coffee uh, much, if at all. And what's Craig's role in the, in this new organization? Is he a board member? He is not. He is a thought partner and he is really the engine behind um, ways in which we will do this work. Um, Being the, I would say, chief bioscientist um, and preeminent bioscientist and biopharma person. And how, how do you think about Craig in, in this regard? Yeah, I agree. Um, a convener, convener of uh, important parties and relationships. Um, two other, I think, organizations or entities that Craig has brought in that will make all this possible, um, including CONCAD, will be BioLabs, which is an incubator for startup uh, biotech companies. And BioLabs uh, will house a BioLaunch, where the BioLaunch participants will be in this co-working space mm. using Where is that? Uh, high quality equipment. It will be in the new building 101 College oh, okay. Street as it comes up. And right now uh, they're renting space at the Yale West Campus location. Uh, and so BioLabs is an integral partner with this. And also uh, Yale and Yale Animal Resource Center uh, will help train some of our participants. Uh, so Craig has been able to cast the vision and share the vision and uh, numerous people that he's spoken with um, that we haven't named have said, we want to be a part of this. And it's because of how they have signed on and supported and spread the word that BioLaunch is and will be successful. Yeah, it sounds like a great project and going Concat's track record. I'm really not that worried about it. So how, you get, how long does this program run? Like you're doing this five years. How long do the people sign up for and how many are you going to do at a time? So the 2.5 million is for three years. Oh, I thought it was five. I'm sorry. It's for three years. And we're running two cohorts a year, 15 people each per cohort. It will run for uh, two weeks of an academy, 
four weeks of training. I'm sorry, two weeks of an academy, four months of training, and two-month industrial internship. And then after that, um, if the participant wants to stay and there's a job offer, full-time, the participant can work in that biotech company or go to another company. Or if the participant, the graduate decides uh, they may want to go get more training or go to college, then that's an, those are avenues we'll support. Mm-hmm. So it's two cohorts a year. It's sounding like it's six months and two weeks each and 15 people at a time. Yes. And you're, you're listening, you're hearing about the bio launch program with Yale that CONCAT is undergoing with the state money to train people, 18 to 26 year olds with GEDs to uh, learn how to work in the labs that are going to solve the uh, some of our healthcare challenges and pharmaceutical challenges for the next generation and the new jobs of the future. March 6th is the first cohort. Yes. So there's an application deadline. You could apply now February by February 15th. Where, yes. How do you do that? Visit the website, concat.org, C-O-N-N-C-A-T dot O-R-G, or you may email info at concat.org, I-N-F-O at C-O-N-N-C-A-T dot O-R-G. And was the open house last weekend? Last Monday. How was that? It was a great time. All right, I'm glad that went well. So, Eric, you know, when we're talking about what underlies the philosophy of this program, all the other programs you started, is it fair that the word is opportunity? So when I think often there are two kinds of help, when we're trying to address the lack of opportunities for people in disadvantaged parts of New Haven, there's one realm which is direct help, which is really important, right? And like, you know, whether it's soup kitchen, whether it's, uh, you know, rental assistance if you're getting evicted, whether it's free clothing, it seems like all your programs are in a different um, space, different kind of avenue, which is how do you give people the tools to be on their own long-term taking care of business, providing for themselves and their family and having successful lives. Is that a fair way to put it? It's an excellent way to put it. Absolutely. Absolutely, Paul. I, I think, again, you know, opportunity means nothing without access, mm-hmm. right? And so what we do is really create opportunity. Open at, doors. At, and at the same time, open doors where folks have access not only to resources, but to people, because people are resources as well. And right, and so so that's really, really important. If you think about what we're doing on Dixwell Avenue, um, that's what that's about, right? It's, it's not just about us kind of coming in, knocking down buildings and building anew, right? It is really creating an economic infrastructure in a black community, historic black community, that has been left to decline. And let's tell decades. listeners what we're talking about. So that's under your other arm. You run both exactly. right now, but pretty soon you'll go back to right. running just ConCat. You run ConCat and ConCore, yeah. which is the arm that's fair to say economic development. That is our economic development, economic justice arm. So I'll go back to running ConCorp um, as opposed to... So ConCorp has now finally gotten hold after the process that always takes a long time of all different properties that were Dixville Plaza. The main commercial strip on the historically main commercial corridor of Dixville neighborhood and you're tearing down those old buildings, and you're building something much bigger. That is true. What are you building in its place and when? So w- 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 let me tell you where we are now. We, w- As you said, we, we have full site control. We, we closed on the city-owned properties, I think, just last week, last Tuesday, I believe. Um, and those city-owned properties was the old Stetson Library, which I know you know well, uh, the front parking lot of Dixwell Plaza, and the substation in the back of Dixwell Plaza, police substation. Okay. And so that said, we now have full site control. We own the entire block um, of from the Elks Hall to the Hill Health Center at, on Charles Street, on the corner of Charles and Dixwell. 
that's eight acres of, of, of land. There are demolition signs on every building on the plaza. Those buildings will be knocked down, I would say, probably in March, um, if all things ideal. And then we would start building anew on the corner of where the the Elks Hall is now. We will build the new CONCAT building. That's phase one, a part of phase one and a plaza. We're also building 184 units of housing. We're building a uh, supermarket, a 15-restaurant food hall, uh, retail spaces, a... Um, a uh, 300-seat performing arts center slash museum. Um, we're building wow. a 60,000-square-foot office building, glass uh, greenhouses, also 15 townhouses. Um, there will be a uh, Hill Health Center, uh, Family and Child Guidance Center within the CONCAD building, within that footprint. Also, a 75 to 80-child um, daycare at the Friends Center will be on Dixwell um, Avenue as well, and so mm-hmm. all all in, um, we're we're looking at maybe a two hundred million dollar project in all phases, um, and we are now uh, raising for that project, especially phase. Uh, How's one. that going? How much do you have well. in hand? We have about fifty, sixty million in hand. We're ready to start phase one um, as we speak, and and we'll go through each um, element of, of the project. It was so interesting to watch you folks plan that. You planned it with the community. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me of a bigger version of what happened with the Coliseum project, where everybody's hopes and dreams were deposited into that process. And you had people who were saying, our goals are not going to be just to have be financially sustainable. We want to actually accomplish what the city's been wanting. And sometimes that butts up against reality. What can you do? What can you get the money? Will it keep going? Will the theater have enough bills, but but it seems like housing is such a need that that could kind of anchor it. Correct. Housing was a really good idea to put in that. Absolutely. You know, to, to your, to your point, you know, we sat with the community for at least two and a half years and everything you see in that project is a response to what the community said they wanted and needed and yearned for. That was not us coming into Dixwell and saying, this is what we will build you. This is what we want to build. Absolutely not. Everything, every element of that project is a community centered design. The voice of the community is in every aspect of that of that project. And so another thing that you've been starting up, I guess, at Concorp, because I always try to be careful to know <laughs> which is which, is an entrepreneurial boot camp. You had a press conference last week, a million dollars, people trusting you with the mm-hmm. bucks if they have a goal. Mm-hmm. Key Bank Foundation. Oh, that was the, the five years was. Okay, so five years of a million dollars for 20 minority business development uh, boot camps. So you can get 20 minority. Are these existing minority-owned businesses or perspective and teach them? They are existing minority businesses, uh, black-owned businesses, mostly women, uh, black women-owned businesses. Uh, we partnered with Quinnipiac School of Business, uh, given that uh, Mr. Highsmith, who you mentioned uh, a little earlier, um, endowed a chair at the School of Business. And part of that endowment, the contingency was they would help me first create a high school entrepreneurship academy, which we did at CONCAT. Mm. Right. And that became statewide. 80 kids wow. uh, from all over the state was involved in that until the, the pandemic hit. Um, the second iteration of that, the outgrowth of that um, endeavor was an adult entrepreneurship academy, something we had always contemplated. And so now here we are with that. I'm working with uh, President Judy Olian um, and all, all full disclosure, I'm a trustee of Quinnipiac University as well as. Um, Mr. Highsmith is a trustee as well. I imagine you get invited to every board and then some in town. <laughs> I do. How often do you say I, I do, no? I say no a lot now. <laughs> um, and so 
so now we had we we started that we had a we have a SBA grant um, small that, business administration yeah, exactly a small business administration grant that came to Quinnipiac University. Also, we had raised money through our economic justice fund. You know, I, I don't know if you know we we had given away at least eighteen to twenty ten thousand dollar grants to black owned businesses during the pandemic. So we gave away almost two hundred thousand dollars to black owned businesses, um, and with the hope that they would address the needs or if there are any needs or gaps in their business model. And also we um, looked at consultancies for those businesses as well. And so that's really important to know. And why is it important to nurture black business? Because no one else does. And why do we need it in society? I think we, we need it because one, they create jobs, they create opportunity and liberty and freedom, not only for those folks who own the business, but for their communities, right? They create industry for communities and it's super important, no different than any other um, own family owned business um, that is historic. And I also think about asset wealth because I think exactly. the latest numbers, tell me this is still accurate, that black households in, in America have 10 cents in asset wealth right. for every dollar that's of right. Hawaii and that sort of that goes, gets passed on. That's what keeps the neighborhood stable. That, and That's a great, and that is our why, quite frankly, mm-hmm. Paul, that everything that CONCAT does and CONCORP does is really about a, aggressively addressing poverty and existing poverty and languishing poverty, especially in black communities uh, for decades. And so that's really our why. That's why we do the work we do. It is not uh, just to create programs and, and, and stand up buildings. It is to affect change and, 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 and impact people through the advent of our work and through the advent of wealth creation. And you notice the music started playing because you were really on it there. That's right. I mean, you were hitting the high note. So I think that's the high note. <laughs> that <is> it. <laughs> you, you wrapped Paul. it up. <laughs> Eric Clemens, founder and current director of both ConCat and ConCorp, the two nonprofits creating opportunity for 10 years and growing in New Haven. And um, and Arlanda Yarborough, who is the new pro- program director of BioLaunch, which is going to create a pipeline for young people in New Haven without college degrees to get excellent jobs in the job layups of the future that we have sprouting up downtown. Thanks good, for joining us, folks. Good to be with you, Paul. Thanks for uh, Thank Harry Drost, the station manager, has us on so many multiple platforms. We're going to have more multiverses than everywhere, everything, all at once. We're going to take it out with the Afro-Semitic experience performing I Wish I Knew How It Feel to Be Free from the group CD, A Plea for Peace. This is Paul Bass inviting you to fly free with us all day and all night long at WNHH, New Haven's home for community radio.